Hello and welcome to the 5th Trooper Network LDO pre-show. We are joined by the entire network today. It's myself and Evan. Hey, how's it going? And we also have Kyle, David, and Mike from the Scoundrels. Hello. Hello. And then we also hey. have Zach and Mike, who are from the blog portion of our network. How's it going? How's it going, everybody? Is that okay? Is that okay? You guys are from the blog portion of our network? Does that... The Jetta journalists. <laughs> Yikes. It's a it's the lowercase P prestige. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. J, J you can't fire me. Uh, I am the network. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, yeah, so we're having everybody on today because we're talking LVO. Um, let's see, what is it? Two, four, five of us yeah. out of out of the seven will be there, right? Yep, just uh, just yeah. me, and, just me and Evan watching yeah. watching from afar. Well, I tried to bring Evan, but the airline I wanted to fly said no animals, so we had to. <laughs> it's really discriminating if you ask me, but all right, I'll let it go. Um, but yeah, so you know, we're having everybody on. We're going to talk a little bit of uh, a little bit of Legion, I guess, and what we're expecting at the Vegas Open. And so, I guess what we'll open up with, and I guess I'll go with. Let's go with Zach. Zach, what are you most looking forward to at LVO? Definitely meeting everybody from the community. It's been uh, an exciting year, you know, starting up the Jetta Journal and then obviously joining the network here. And, you know, it's everyone is going to be a blast to meet up with and have fun. You know, 110 competitors in the heat or 120. So it's a lot of people to go ahead and meet and have fun in Vegas with. It's going to be a good time. Uh, judging Friday, playing Saturday and Sunday, you know, either casting or judging. It's just going to be a, it's going to be grueling, but it's going to be a lot of fun. So how many uh, how many big tournaments have you been to? This is my first. What? Yeah. Get out yeah. of there! Yeah. Good yeah. So Ooh. how excited are you? Excited, nervous. Uh, a couple things. Um, you know, coming from a hockey background, I'm used to tournaments. You know, I'm playing you know playing sports mm -hmm. all weekend, but uh, definitely first time wargaming one. So I'm pretty excited. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I th I find that. Um... Like this year, I'm excited because I kind of packed a couple extra days in for the flight where like, you know, last year, Kyle, you and I did that interview of Luke like Sunday morning. And then I, I had to like leave like five minutes after that and yep. fly home. And so when you do the big tournaments like that, it's it's hard to like get together with everybody if you haven't packed in a little bit time, which is besides Legion. That's the other thing you want to do. Right. All these people you've been talking to online and on Discord and on Facebook and interviewing on the podcast or, uh, you know, writing about on the blog. And then you're like, Oh man, I can't wait to talk to that person. You know, when I get there and then you're like, Oh, we're wrapping up at 10 and I got to leave tomorrow morning. So. Yeah. Unfortunately I'm actually doing that. I'm flying in Thursday, leaving Sunday night, but that was more of a, of a life issue. I'm going to be there uh, at Chicago a lot longer. Um, so learning experience, Mel VO Chicago will be the real shebang. I think. Yeah, so uh, Mike Cirillo, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to streaming the most. I actually have more fun talking about Legion and watching people play than playing myself because there's no pressure. I can just sit there and critique others. <laughs> so uh, I think it's going to be fun to watch some really high-level play. The pressure is going to be in doing a good job. 
Oh, I didn't say I'm not going to do that. I said there's less pressure. Mike, this is a probationary tournament for you. Just FYI. It is. You know, it's fine. Right. This is my seventh Clearly, firing, so, you know. Yeah, I have course. not made this clear enough for him. Yeah, like if you don't do well, you're not invited to ah, Worlds. Good thing I already got my tickets. <laughs> Jay, you're such an elitist ass. Uh, yeah, only when it comes to certain people. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, I'm looking forward to watching some really high-level play. This is about as close as we're going to get to Worlds until Worlds happens, and yeah. there's not going to be a lot of low-quality games. Yes. Uh, no, I would say minimum, right? I think LVO, from my recollection last year, Every game seemed intense. You know, all all four of my games, David, you you played five. You know, I'm sure every single one seems so intense at these bigger tournaments. And I, I wonder, too, like, is that because maybe you, like, when you're at home at the primes and stuff, I think you know most of the people for the most part. You know, you'll always have people you don't know, but most of the people you know and you're friends with. And at these bigger tournaments, it's like, uh, oh man, you're new. I've never played against you. I don't know your style. And so like the first round or two, you're just trying to like pick up the other player's style of play and what they're trying to do. And it just, it feels like a lot of pressure. Like David, yeah. what do you think? Yeah, you're trying to feel out what um what kind of player they are when they set up across from you. And you know, like, okay, you know, how might this go? What kind of style do they bring? Like uh you sort of um, try to get a sense of just uh, what they're the way they set up, the way they move, the way that they, you know, put their minis out, and and how, you know, how tense or you know their sort of their body language. You kind of get a sense of their um, their preparedness for the event. You get a sense of you know you can tell if they're like an old hand and they're super confident, or if they're cocky, or if they're a little bit timid. Um, and you know, you just try to see you know how how is this going to go? Um, what kind of skill level am I working with here? Um, you should always have respect for your opponents, even if you think they're new. But um, you know that you know that uh, you can tell when you're up against a player that is uh, dangerous and canny. I'll just say that much. Yeah. And you're right, Jay. Every single game um, that I played, there were no easy games, none at all. Um, and I think I, I think I went uh, what was it, three zero, and then I faced Griffin, who won the whole thing. So there was. I took the hard, so called the hardest road, so to speak, where you don't drop a game until the very last round. Mm. And so I got a, I got a real sense of that at, at last year's LVO, and I think this year we're going to have an even higher overall caliber of player. I think the competition only gets more intense as the game gets older, um, and uh, it's going to be a whole new set of challenges to overcome when we get there. Yeah, and I would say, you know, something that just popped in my mind that I would, for anyone listening that's going to any of these big tournaments, something to remember, too, is, like, I went, I dropped my first game to Nima in just this like nail biter, like we went right to dice down. It was one of the hardest games still to this day that I've ever played. And, uh, and I still was in the running because then I won the next three. So, you know, just, uh, it was funny the way you flopped, you know, you had lost your fourth, I had lost my first, but like, I would say, you know, even if you drop your first to like a good, a good opponent and you lose, you're, you're still very much in it. And you want to make sure that once, once that's over and you pick up your stuff that you want to reset your mindset, you know, for the next game. Right. And maybe some of the other folks, you know, like, you know, maybe Kyle and Mike, you can talk to this, talk to this point a little bit is, um, you know, it also depends on your style. Like, are you good at playing from behind? Um, can you overcome a round one loss and just say, okay, that's fine. I'm X and one. That's reality. 
I'm just going to keep working from here? Or do you need like that head of steam? Like does that does the 01 entering round two damage you? Like, how do you think you react? Yeah, Kyle, what do you think? Um, so I, <laughs> I haven't actually competed in that many real life tournaments, so I've never actually been in that position. But um, I think like Jeez, this guy. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like the sample size for me is super short or super small. Um, don't get me wrong. I've lost plenty. I've lost plenty of games um, in tournaments. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, any loss, like in a situation where X and ones can still make it, um, like you definitely just have to take each game individually. Um, and when you, when you take that, when you take that loss, you kind of just have to wipe it, um, you know, wipe it from your brain and move on. So, um, and actually, you know what? I take that back because last year I lost to LJ in the first round, uh, at FFG headquarters. So, um, yeah, uh, I mean, you just have to, um, you just kind of have to wipe your brain and start with a clean slate for game two, you know? Yeah. And, and I mean, learn from it too, right? Like, I think there's a value in every loss. Um, I know for me there is like, I'm always like, oh, I should have done that. And then the next game I'm thinking about all those losses and how I lost and hopefully, being better for the next game you know and i think you can do that short term even in a tournament and be like oh okay this is where i messed up there just make sure i don't do that on the next two or three or four you know i think you've got to be very careful with that in that um in the middle of a tournament i especially when we're talking about like short term um like learning it's very easy to learn something that's not actually true um specifically if you get kind of railed by variance um you know you're like oh man you know <clears throat> i uh i threw my unit out there and they failed all their saves and they just disappeared it's entirely possible you made the right move and the mm. dice just didn't work out statistically and i, th I think that's important to remember because um, it's easy to get tilted and then start actually Yeah, doing that's fair. Stuff. And I guess, you know, for me, it's it's not so much variant stuff, but more like target priority stuff, you know, that, that always seems to sneak up on me during games, especially um, <clears throat> I find it, at tournaments, there's a lot of other stuff going on and some like crosstalk and stuff. So it's easy to like lose focus a little bit. So just trying to like tighten up that focus in each game. And, you know, like uh, what are some of those golf movies where, um, oh gosh, I think it was the one with, uh, with Matt Damon, uh, Bagger Vance, where like the whole field just disappeared and he could only see, you know, the flag at the end, like stuff like that. I think that's just about like focusing in on what's in front of you and trying to lock everything else out. But uh, so Evan, Evan's not going to LVO, but Evan, what are you looking forward to uh, from LVO or even Adepticon coming up? Um, I really want to see a, a really weird list win. I want to see like a Jin and Pathfinders like make top cut, maybe not win. Or uh, my other, my big one is a, a double airspeeder uh, dogfight. That's my uh, my goal. Fight for air superiority <laughs> in the ground game. I'm in. Maybe Perfect. that's just the X-Wing in me, but... Uh, Seeing them circle each other, it's like everyone's standing around side, like watching, you know, two uh, two other people fight it out, like in a weird, weird way. But I think that'd be cool, like see, uh, see that happen. Yeah, I think with with Evan talking about 
uh, his Hoth list so much. We've heard rumblings that people out in the community have been trying to build Hoth lists with the T-47. So I think there's definitely a chance that we're going to see a T-47 or two at Vegas this weekend. Well, like, it's 140 points, and as long as he gets a couple kills in, it's good. Like, I don't... As long as I get a couple activations off of it, I'm okay if it goes. Yeah. Like, it did its thing. And Evan's been marking the side of his T-47 for every sniper <laughs> unit uh, yeah, he kills yeah. now. <laughs> like, the deep... So everyone brought snipers to our prime, and every time... I just used it as a sniper hunter, because I don't... I don't want to play snipers, but you can't... All because I don't want to play them doesn't mean you don't have to think about how you're going to play against them, right? Like, if some people say, I don't want to play Tons because I don't, whatever uh, high ground they want to do for that. But you got to understand that someone else is going to play them, right? So if you don't play them, you have to have a strategy to deal with them. Uh, so I just take the uh, the airspeed and I send it out after snipers and every time I'd kill one. Normally I was being, I wasn't doing it to anybody, like after the game I'd take it off. So I didn't want to like look the guy in the eye and start like doing it. But I got to actually Stevens when he brought the triple ton, triple sniper, triple uh, uh, Coralist with Leia, Sabine. And then the first one I killed, I gave him a look in the eye and I did a mark down the side. I'd be like, how many more you got over there, bud? Like, where, where are we going? Oh, yeah. Are we going to put three more on the side of this? Is that what's going to happen? He's uh, got to rest them on the table, man. Show him who's, who's boss. I'll do it to like, like that's fine if people are in the joke. I'm not gonna like stunt on somebody who's like, yeah. you know, just some nice guy. So, I, but uh, it's, uh, it's Stevens. Who cares? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. As soon, as soon as you put down the list, <laughs> well, you put down the list. I'm like, how sweaty Yikes. are you feeling right now? He's like, man, I feel real sweaty. I'm like, all right, well, let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> he was a real good sport, so that was a lot of fun. I love it. That's funny. Um, yeah. So, so Kyle, I'm gonna ask you. We'll start with you, Kyle. What? predictions do you have for lists that we will see we just talked about maybe t-47s maybe flying around what else do you think i mean outside of the i think there's two obvious ones which are tons and the shoreline uh, and variations of shoreline and tons what else do you think we're going to see there um well i think you're going to see some palpatine hopefully uh i actually i think he's in a decent spot especially against rebel lists right now against tauntauns um it's a little bit more of an uphill battle if you get like an open table against another Empire list that's a pure gun line. But, um, you know, he can hold his own there too. So um, I would like to see, uh, I know Luke Cook is playing Palpatine. So, um, mm -hmm. and hopefully there are a couple others. I'd like to see him do well. Um, I actually think he's sort of a dark horse uh, as far as a good counter meta pick right now. So, and I'm partial to him, <laughs> as you guys know. Um, so uh, I would love to see some Emperor make a splash okay uh, Mike Cirillo what do you think we're going to see uh, I think we're going to see a whole lot of Empire variety and about two main builds for Rebels um, based on the chart that's, charts that we were given earlier in the week uh, we've got like 50.5% Empire lists fortunately there's a number that you can run between Palpatine, Heavies uh, shorelines and then maybe the occasional bounty hunter invader so we'll probably see like four or five main ones there and then for rebels it's i'm expecting to see either a triple taunt sabine or triple rts and almost nothing in between mm. all right uh dash um i mean i i don't think we're gonna see anything super out of the ordinary uh what I will say is that I was continually reminded at our prime this weekend that um, people like to build, bring weird wonky lists. Um, so I think that um, while the meta exists, uh, 
I am expecting it to be significantly more varied than just Shores and Tauntauns. I expect Shores or Tauntauns to win. But, what do you... Um, so, so I know we know. had talked about the hipster <clears throat> thing on the last podcast. Uh, David's David's new mipster. Is that what we pointed yeah, at? Meta hipsters. Uh, People that... People, you know, everybody, everybody's different. So, or, you know, different, just like me, you know, for, if everybody's different, no one's actually different. But what do you, so what do you think outside of that though? I, you know, I have, I have a view on that, but let's, uh, and you know, David, yours is the hipster. Zach, what do you think is kind of the reason why people are varying up, especially like the, let's say the ones that are far off center from the meta, like besides being a, a mipster, what else, what else is the reasoning there? Shock factor. Um, I think that when you see something across the table that you don't normally see, you can take your opponent's mind and put them into a different position. Like I'm used to seeing Shores and I'm used to seeing Bosk. I'm used to seeing, you know, droids and stuff like that. But let's say you put Palpatine across the table like we just talked about Palp. I'm not going to lie. I haven't played against Palpatine in months. I mean, and that's just a big shock factor. I know that's not like anti-meta, but like now let's say somebody shows up with CIS, right? And you're thinking they're playing double the fall because that's the double the fall list, but they're showing up with, you know, I'm, and I'm bringing clones to LVO, right? They show up with triple Dikas. Well, triple Dikas is bad for me because what, now what is a triple Dika? Right? So. <laughs> what is that? What'd you call them? Uh, Dekas, Dekas, <laughs> Dikas, you know, you know, Droidicas, yeah. Uh, triple decas, decas, whatever you want to call them, but um, I'm not okay. saying people are gonna bring triple, yeah, triple rolly boys. We're, there you go. We're probably not triple gonna call yeah. them decas. That's just fine. So you know, but you can, you yeah. can if you so, want. Um, but triple rolly boys, if you know they have suppressive guns, they're gonna they're gonna hurt me bad with the suppression. And that's kind of the shock factor of when you get to a table, you see a list, you're like, uh, well, I wasn't really planning on seeing three of them. Uh, how do I deal with this? Or like Palpatine, how do I deal with Palpatine and get you? And, and now you will die and stuff like that. And it can, a shock factor is huge in this game, I think. Yeah, I think, you know, from my perspective, and, uh, you know, I, I think Evan and I probably have different perspectives on this. Mine is uh, specifically, like, I think I'm, and we're going to talk about what we're bringing in a little bit, but, you know, I think I'm bringing something that's off center because I, I want to try to bring something that's counter meta. Uh, and almost something that I feel like is going to do well uh, inside this, you know, this new world. And, you know, the real answer is the meta does well inside this world, right? That's why that's why it's the meta. But, you know, I think a lot of us out there are trying to figure out something else because either we're not comfortable with the meta or we're not good with the meta. And then, you know, we're like, well, what, what am I good at? What am I comfortable with? And how can I make that work in today's world? And then I think Evan, you know, Evan uh, has been a huge proponent of playing things that are fun for him to play. Like this, this Hoth themed list that he has, it's decent. It holds up well in this world, but it's also a blast for him to play too. It's just like the movies. <laughs> Especially when Palp comes and kills him, yeah, also just like the movies. Uh, Palpatine wasn't on Hoth. That's a fair, fair. Um, but yeah, so I think I think there's a solid chance we're going to see, especially in the that what was it, fifty some odd percent um, Imperial list. I think that's where you're going to see the most, like you know, Mike, like you said, that's where we'll see the most variation is because there's options there, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. And I, the three of us are taking three very different lists uh, that are playing yeah. Empire for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we were kind of discussing this before, but I think part of the reason that you see such a heavy Empire presence is, um, you know, A, Empire is more popular to begin with, but B, like there are players, you know, like me that just don't want to play Tauntauns. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And if you're a Rebel player right now, like if you have Empire models, it's easier and more interesting to just switch to Empire than to play Tauntauns for some people, you know? Um, so I think that, I think that's partly why you see such a stack in the faction breakdown. Um, and I think as a result, you'll see a lot more variety and a lot more creativity in the Empire builds probably. I'm actually just proof of that as well. The whole reason I'm taking Empire is because I don't want to play Tauntauns. So it's right here. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Blasphemers. Yeah, I I'm always been an Empire player and I I've tried I've tried to play Rebels and I just can never it never connects with me personally. So I think forever and ever I will be my main, you know, my main faction will be will be Imperial. As well as Dashes, right, Dash? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. You're not a, you're not a total flake like I am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a super flake as well. Just whatever I feel like, I'll say. Yeah, Evan changes oh, his God. idea every every week. He's yeah, had a new idea. So it was going to be clones yeah. until the stuff just didn't come out. Then yeah. I had to go with what I got. So right. there we are. But I'm like a diehard rebel. I just don't want to not play rebels. So yeah, that's that's I fair. Well, that's what's nice about the game, right? Like, there's no need to change mm-hmm. unless you just want to, right? Like, well, in the perfect world, right? There's no need to change as long as everything stays somewhat, you know, somewhat balanced. Yeah. So, we're talking about what lists we're going to see. Let's uh, let's make some predictions. So, each one of us, try to think in your minds, maybe two lists, pick two different lists that you think have a chance of sweeping. Maybe one's uh, one you think is going to be um, kind of like a, you know, a, 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 a shoe-in, and then maybe the other one's like an outside reach. So, Dash, what do you think? What are your two predictions? I mean, it's just triple tons and Krennic Shores. I think that's the simple <laughs> answer. I think it's likely the right answer. Well, thanks, Dash. All right, and uh, <laughs> and David, <laughs> you're up. Okay. Um, boring prediction: Tauntauns make the finals, don't win. Uh, they lose to they lose to Shores in some format. Um, my outside winner pick would be either Rebel or Imperial Heavy Armor. And by Rebel Heavy Armor, I mean Landspeeder Triple Rotary. No. Or, um, pretty... or sorry, Airspeeder Triple Rotary, not Landspeeder. Jeez. Um, and then the for the uh, Imperial Heavy List, I would choose a Chronic Relay ST, some form of Relay ST with Link Targeting Array. All right. Uh, Cirillo, let's go to you. All right. Um, I think the best Tauntaun list that's going to show up, since that's what the Rebels are, is going to be the Luke Sabine, or I'm sorry, Leia Sabine triple. Uh, get the eleven activations in there. On the Imperial side, I think the long shot is going to be a Veer's ST shoreline. Uh, we've Zach and I have a, I guess, a buddy that's bringing a version of that, and he's my dark horse to win it all. He's been playing it for a while, and he can get a number of aim tokens on every single unit every turn, and it does a ton of damage. Well, and you know, Luke Cook played that model 
uh, I think he did it with mm-hmm. Krennic instead of Veers, but same concept, right? Where you have an ATST and a bunch of shores, and you just throw down like five orders every turn, no matter what and command card like, you play. Sorry, uh, I like the Veers version a little bit better because of the spotter and a turn one max firepower followed up by an ATST shot is pretty good at removing a Tauntaun unit. Yeah, and um, you know the tables are going to be. I'll, I'm super interested to see the tables, but we talk a lot about games on TTS, like with Invader League. And team league and stuff like that. Um, the TTS tables are generally denser and have more line of sight blockers than real tables, just because like real life terrain limitations are a thing. And when you got to come up with terrain for eighty tables, that's a you know a legitimate logistical challenge, even for a good team like what's running LBO. So um, you know you've got the IS four on effect with that ATST. Like there's going to be some tables where. <laughs> uh, like your the opponent of that ATST is going to going to roll up to the table. And they're going to swap lists, and they're going to look at this like relatively open-looking table in front of them, and they're just going to be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like that's going to happen yeah, a couple times. Think. Um, that's music to my ears. <laughs> so I know, Mister Mister Double Heavy, there. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. to see like the the ATST relay model um, make it pretty far. Now, that's an interesting point you raise, Kyle, because that's another thing we didn't talk about, which is that Empire is actually the safe pick. Because it survives low terrain density situations more readily than rebel lists do. Yeah, that's definitely fair. fair. Yeah. All right, Zach, what do you uh, what do you think? You going with everybody else? You got any you got any secrets up your up your sleeves there that you're um, gonna win? I like Krennic Bosk or Krosk as we call it. Um, I just think it's got a lot of Pierce. Um, you know, Bosk is extremely good against Tauntauns. Um, you can get to 11 activations. I think it's honestly the best Empire list to go with right now. Um, my bold prediction on a winning list would be, I think Double the Fall is actually really, really strong. Um, I know LJ is really strong at playing Double the Fall, and he's not playing the event because he's TOing it. Um, but I know that um, you know some other community members, such as like you know Griffin, uh, John Griffin, uh, or Joe DePinto, will be bringing um, clone I mean, um, droids. But um, so maybe Double the Fall is a strong chance. But you know. We'll see. All right. I know. I know. I know. It, it, it's that's all right. So I didn't get to weigh in on this yeah. last week. Uh, so I'm going to soapbox here for a minute. Um, I actually think that's the best eight activation list out there. Agreed. But I, I, I do think that it's um, super table dependent. Like if you get a table with good line of sight blockers, it's not really going to matter necessarily as much that your opponent can go four or five times after you're done. Um, because while that list is not good at going last, it's extremely good at going first. Uh, but you know, we'll see. It's it's going to be super table dependent. It's you know the winner of LVO has to go seven and zero. So, um, it's definitely a list. Okay, it's definitely a list where you can show up and steamroll somebody. But um, no, I'm not. I, I gotta I gotta make one point before <laughs> I move on. You can have thirteen activations, but the reason you have thirteen activations is because you lowered the quality of about you know, seven of those to get like six really good ones. And if they're cunning, you know, nuking the hell out of your good six ones, you're going to lose. Like you're just going to lose if they kill the ones that matter. So it doesn't matter if you have 13, if they get to where they need to get to and actually go away. 
Uh, I won. So my argument with a higher, the one like uh, when I was running a high activation, was that you can go ahead. None of my units are important. They're all equally dumb, and so like you can kill anyone, and it doesn't matter. I'm gonna keep going. Like it's not, it's it's not dependent on the success of the rest of my army. Soviet Russia approach. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you have a true. Oh, congratulations, you killed a new web. Oh, you killed a mortar. Oh, that's, that's, that's yeah. oh, well, that nice. And I, you know, and then you just fire. I mean, at that point, it becomes a, uh, you know, a point attrition thing. And sometimes it just doesn't work out, you know. Um, but let me let me ask you this. OK, so we we've basically said the the Krennic Bosque shoreline, the triple tons, the 11 activation, the eight activation, double the fall. Let's break each one down and let's talk about their strengths and weaknesses real quick. Just a couple quick points. So let's talk about uh, triple tons. So I think I'll start with triple tons. Somebody could pick it up after me. But I mean, uh, like we've been talking, tons are very train dependent and being able to use line of sight blocking to get them to where they need to be in order to do the damage before they start getting taken hits. Uh, so that's one thing that's going to affect them one way or the other on the table. What's something else that somebody could add to that? Suppression is going to be an issue. Um, there's a few lists that are running around with just Luke as the commander, so there's no strict orders. Uh, it's not hard to put two suppression on a Tauntaun model. There's a number of Empire guns that do it in one shot. So managing that on a table that's going to be more open where you can't fully hide both models is going to be difficult. I think uh, limited visibility against certain lists might be a trap for Tauntauns. You know, you kind of think it's good. Uh, I mean, it is good in a lot of matchups, but sometimes you might need to actually get in there and you can't because of the, you know, the range two and somebody might stack up standby tokens, which, you know, standby is also very, you know, situational. But don't forget, we're playing, uh, I mean, there's plenty of time to finish games at Las Vegas Open, but we are playing time matches and, you know, every round matters and you might have to get in there and you might not be able to with Tauntauns. Yep. All right. Uh, go ahead, Kyle. Well, actually, I think that's a wild card potentially in favor of the Tauntaun list is the is the fact that we're working with, you know, limited round times. Um, and Tauntauns are a very objective-focused unit. They benefit from creating board control and basically, like, pinning your opponent in their deployment zone while you just kind of have your way with the objectives. And that works a lot better when you can't get to six turns. Um, and there's like a tipping point in most games with Tauntauns where you've kind of potentially like actually managed to kill the Tauntauns and you can start occupying the table and scoring objectives. And that tipping point is like the end of turn five, the beginning of turn six. So, you know, I know like if we're looking at turn number stats, you're looking at, oh, look, you know, average games went to five turns. That's pretty good. That's almost a full game. Like that's still not a full game. And when you're talking about you know, a unit like Tauntauns that, you know, pushes you all the way back. Um, and you have to take time basically swimming through them to get to the rest of the table. Like, the difference between turn five and six can be really huge. So um, I know that we're working with longer round times. I think it's the same that they used at Gen Con, which is uh, like three hours total, you know, two and a half uh, regulation, 15 for setup, and then 15 for, um, like, overtime, I think. Um, but... Uh, so that's pretty long, and it should be long enough, but um, I'm certain that there's going to be several results where it's not, uh, and that's going to be an issue. So I think that's something that works in favor of Tauntauns generally. 
right, uh, Dash. What are we What are we looking at with the the Bosque uh, Shore gun line? What's What's going to be a strength or a weakness? You You can decide which one you want to talk about. Um, well, I mean, as long as we're talking about limited visibility, I mean, it's a it can be quite a killer for that list, frankly. Um, not being able to leverage your range for advantage in early turns of the game um, is a big drawback to the list. And frankly, if anything can get in real close to them, they also have significant um, problems. So <laughs> I'd say a combination of limited vis and, and things like tauntauns that can kind of drive in there or high activation lists that um, can catch Bosk kind of in the open. All right. Uh, David, any thoughts on that? I mean, I was going to say the same thing. Like the the ball really is in the shoreline players court not to overplay their position and not to, um, not to leave those weak activations um, in places they can be sniped off by tons without reprisal. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to be aware that Tauntaun threat range is thirty inches. Like if it's within range five, um, it can be gotten to and shot by a Tauntaun turn one. Um, so you just have to be careful not to leave your snipers in places that are gonna get killed. Like uh, for example, don't on disarray place one sniper team in the far corner because that is Tauntaun bait. They will just go kill it, and you just lose an act for free essentially. And the Tauntaun player loves this because, like, okay, now I can go do something safe with my Taun, then come back with this Taun that is probably on full health or one wound late in the game. And now that attrition has taken place, it's even stronger than it was at the start. So don't don't go don't go off on disarray deploying one sniper and fulfilling the requirement because you're going to lose that sniper. So what would you what would you place there instead? Um. You know, maybe like a maybe like a full unit, or just like make enough of a commitment that the Tauntaun can't just solo it. You know, make it dangerous. So I, here's okay. my question, there. I guess if if you have a single commander list, like, is there an activation that you're going to put over there that is not going to get just um, isolated and picked apart by Taunts? It like, if you, if you throw a unit of Storms or Shores or something over there, if you you know if you're playing Empire, um, it seems like the the same thing is going to happen to them. Like, if if you're on I mean, obviously, you should be avoiding disarray against the Tauntaun player if you don't have them yourself. As a single commander, right? Even before um, that, <laughs> but if you're caught in that position, like I don't know that the sniper is the wrong play there, just because unless you're literally splitting your army in half, which is also not a good idea against Tauntauns. Um, like you're, you're just going to lose whatever you put over there. I guess so the upside well would be, be rolling red dice over cheap. white dice. Mm. I mean, air speeder. Yeah, yeah I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You know, it could certainly could tie them up for longer, but um, I mean, if you have like a, if you have, depends on what you're if you have like a naked stormtrooper squad or something like that, that's probably better because um, they're going to do less offensively speaking anyway. But if you don't have a naked stormtrooper squad, I, I think it's your your option is still a sniper in that situation. Yeah. Okay. Um, so let's let's talk. Maybe. Okay, all right. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> no, I just, I just, I just like it. I, I think, I think the best solution is if you have a piece of line of sight blocking terrain over there, just use it, and and don't you know, don't leave it there to oh, die. Yeah, yeah. You definitely want to like, like just, try and save it that, if you can. Yeah, try to save it. Don't yeah. just leave it there. And also, just hit hit a bunch of yeah. standbys if you can. But I think what you shouldn't do is like split your army completely in half. No, definitely not, because that that probably will get you killed. 
Okay. So it also depends on objective heavily too. There's too much, too many factors, but just don't leave, don't leave a sniper to die to tauntauns on your flank. It's just a, a fast way to go down and act. Yeah, that is fair. So let's, let's talk about, um, our last cast. We, we rallied against eight activations and, uh, though there it's is one that is pretty strong. Like we, we did talk about double the fall list. So let's talk about it. Why, uh, for those that don't know why it's strong, um, who I don't know who best on the panel here is to talk about that, but whoever thinks yeah, they know the Kyle. most, let us know. Why is it strong? Is it Kyle? Yeah, I actually... I've played against <laughs> it a bunch. Well, I also have played it a bunch myself. Um, well, I haven't played uh, it at all, so take that, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. Let's, <laughs> let's just keep measuring. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> um, sorry, that was my daughter. <laughs> uh, she says hi. Um, but yeah, um, so it is. It has two very strong focus pieces, right? And Duke and Grievous. That was her again. And Kyle, you're done. Let's talk yeah. to David. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> fun. It has two strong focus pieces, um, and unlike other, so it's. It's sort of analogous to Luke Sabine in that you have two like very strong in-your-face focus pieces, except <laughs> with CIS, you have perfect activation control of them. It's actually more like Luke Palpatine. And cunning. <laughs> because Dooku is like basically Palpatine. Yeah, it's Luke Palpatine um, with Entourage Luke, got that basically. So that's obviously really strong in that like Dooku has cunning, so you can... And his cards are excellent. So it's it's very it's a list that is very good at going first and going first with both focus pieces if you want to. Like you can play Duke as one pip and then go first with Grievous because he's going to be the only token in your bag if you set it up correctly. And then also immediately after that go with Dooku. So it's really good at like, you know, if it gets within the threat range of those two very strong characters, it's good at wiping activations at the start of a turn extremely quickly. What um, is the threat range, Kyle? Well, for Grievous, his melee threat range is two. And, and uh, uh, his obviously on his Annihilator, it's it's pretty close to range four because he has Relentless. Um, mm-hmm. It's just under range four. With Dooku, it's on a, like a normal turn, it's going to be range three with his Lightning. Um, and obviously, that uh, he's got that three pip where he can perform a move on something after he attacks it. So whatever he shoots is going to be exposed after he hits it. Um, but he also has scatter like natively on the lightning, so it's kind of a similar situation. Um, you know, if he can shoot a unit that's activated already with his lightning, um, that unit is going to be sitting out there for the rest of the turn to get plinked at by B ones. So um, basically, for him, it's three on his one pip turn. It's actually like four range four, you know, because he has relentless. Okay. Um, but so it's farther than you think. I think is the short answer to that question. Like okay. I- ideally, what you want to do against double the fall is use terrain to prevent them from getting there in the first place or try and isolate um you know if you can pick off some b1s that's really helpful um snipers are actually pretty good against grievous so if you can get some shots on grievous and start throwing some suppression down on him you know he's not going to panic while he's close enough to dooku but um hopefully you can prevent him from getting two actions so um spread out and shoot them i think is the, the short answer to that question. And then obviously if you've got a higher activation count list, like Tauntauns, you know, stall until no. the tail end of your turn and then try and do as much damage as possible. 
And if he hasn't played double the fall, don't leave your focus piece in the range two of Dooku. <laughs> yeah. You'll just lose. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, it's very much like a Palpatine list in that if you don't have experience against it, um, you know, any list is going to have some surprises to deal with if you're not experienced against it, but double the fall and Palpatine lists both punish those mistakes far more than other lists do. So, um, you know, just make sure you know your ranges. Get some reps in against something like that if you can. It's it's definitely a list that once you're experienced against it, it's it's less dangerous. Um, but if you get caught with your pants down, it's pretty, it's you know, <laughs> the game can be over very quickly. <laughs> so, it really does take a loss in practice to appreciate the gravity of the situation. When yeah, it it's it's actually not unlike. I mean, we talked previously about this. Um, you know, like that triple MK two, triple vet, um, triple tauntaun, Leia bombard fire support list like that's one of those things that if you've never played against it and you get caught with your pants down against it you're just going to lose on turn one um but there's also once you figured it out there's also a fair bit of counterplay so it's it's similar to that conceptually speaking i think it's more versatile than than you know like a pure cheese list like that but okay so those are the those are the three lists um do we want to talk about what we're bringing and why do we want to move on to that who wants to who wants to volunteer to give up their secrets first <laughs> uh i'll go uh because not not nearly as uh important because i'm bringing clones i made a last second decision to just do it um i had been practicing tauntauns uh the past, like the past three weeks because i wanted to you know try and bring a, as much of a competitive list as i could going to lvo but as we've talked about over the past couple of days, Tauntauns just don't speak to me. Um, they're not my play style. They don't fit how I want to play the game. And I don't collect Empire to just like make the switch over to Shores. Um, but I do have a fully loaded eight activation clone list, fully painted, ready to go. So that's how we're going to roll. And uh, I know I'm going to enjoy myself playing it. I don't know how good it's going to be. But... Um, I'd rather play something that I want to play and understand how the list functions rather than play Tauntauns where I understand how they function, but it's just not how my brain's wired to play the game. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Cirillo, you want to go next? All right. So I'm bringing an 11 activation cross list. That's basically Krennic, Bosk, two shores, two mortars, a medic storm, loaded DTs mm-hmm. and three snipers. Um, comes with a decent sized bid as well um, because I cannot get the limited visibility as we talked about earlier. Um, it's not even in the deck for that for that obvious reason. Uh, I like having Pierce. Uh, Bosk and three snipers is a decent amount of Pierce. The DTs, Bosk, uh, DTs and Bosk both have Hunter, so it's decently good at countering Tauntauns with that. It's easy to get a wound onto Tauntauns with a sniper or such, and then you can just kind of go to town with double aims. Um, Struggles a little bit against lightsabers and such, but with all those range four weapons and Bosk's melee isn't terrible, the DT's range two aren't terrible, and two short troopers isn't exactly a a small amount of firepower when it comes to plinking down something that's coming at me. And my favorite thing about the list is mm. Bosk tends to die to like ATSEs and other high activation lists where they can hit him first. Um, ha, Jay, you have no experience with that, but uh, I do. I do have cunning <laughs> and um, being able to like turn one lying in wait, pop around the corner, and then hit like a voracious ambition or deploy the garrison to get boss to go first, shoot, and move back in the cover is pretty good at wiping something out that someone didn't expect to be able to get to. Because unless there's that cunning on the other side, I'm going to go first. 
Yeah, I would say that like uh, for anybody playing and hasn't played against Bosk or Shores or just isn't thinking about it, um, that's a trap that I've fought, fallen in a few times where it's that range four is always a lot shorter than you think it is. And you're never quite prepared for what Bosk or Shores or it really any of the Empire range four units can do. And then all of a sudden they're doing it and you're like, oh my, oh my God, what, what just happened? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's good. So David, what about you? What do you got? Well, I was also going to say Mike's list also has the X factor of bounty, mm. which you can't ever forget that. Right. Um, it's always good to have like an X factor in your list. It's kind of, you know, just a, an extra little, here's another way for me to win in my back pocket. Um, I decided not to run trips. I ran trips for a while just in practice, and I just uh, I just kept racking up losses with them, and I just like, like, just like what am I missing here? Trips, you mean triple tauntauns. Um, triple tauntauns, yeah, because I'm a dedicated rebel, so what is, for me, what trips doesn't mean anything else, but I know for our users it might be confusing. Um, uh, the conclusion I came to was, you know, Sabine's really good. Luke's really good. I don't want to overcommit to tauntauns. And so I just went, decided to go with Luke Sabine double taunt. Um, instead of going full commit and saying, okay, if the tauntauns, you know, if they don't work, I lose. And if they work, I win. You know, I don't want to be that that uh, that player. And so, you know, Sabine kind of starts the process of generating additional outs. And uh, I've won... You know, all my tournament victories I've had with Luke, and I don't want to leave a piece that I have great experience with and uh, that is still an extremely effective and extremely strong value for the points. Um, I don't want to leave him at home, and it also rounds my list out against vehicles because now not only do I have uh, RAM, I also have piercing crits from the lightsaber. So there's, it just has a lot of answers. It's very much a Swiss Army knife kind of list. I managed to do it with triple snipers still. Uh, I believe Leia Sabine... Uh, well, Elias Bean does still have triple snipers, but there's some other iterations I tried with a double sniper. And heck, I even tried Luke Sabine triple taunt, which takes no bid and no uplinks and no control. Uh, and I didn't, I, I had some success with that, but I didn't really like it. Um, so I just decided to kind of downgrade to uh, the double taunt and take a heavier version of Luke to make up for the difference in points. And, uh, you know, I feel. I feel pretty confident about it. I don't know if it's going to be uh, undefeated. I, I hope to go X and one with it, but I think it's got a, a very good shot at doing that. I don't even have them. So what are you bringing, Mike Barry? Um, I am bringing Vader Bosk. Um, I have yet to lose with it over the course of like three tournaments and a bunch of online games. So... It's kind of just what I'm comfortable with. It might not be the best meta call, but um, that's what I've been playing a ton of lately. And uh, I'm just going to kind of stick to my stick to my guns. I actually think it's interesting, particularly if the terrain is good enough for Vader, because like unlike other Bosque lists, once you know a saber wielder or tauntauns or whatever get into your lines, you haven't like you have. Darth Vader, <laughs> you know, like you have an answer to that situation. Um, yeah. So um, it, it's interesting because I found that the list is like really good in situations where you might think it's not so great. Um, just because, you know, you might be a little bit short on the range situation, but you still got three snipers, short troopers, mortars and Bosk. Like you can still kind of rip somebody up at range four pretty easily. 
which means they have to close, which kind of <laughs> brings them into the jaws of the Dark Lord of the Sith, um, which is which is nice. Um, I have yet to really ha- be in a situation where that hasn't worked out the way I wanted it to. Um, I'm sure that that day will eventually come. Hopefully it won't be this weekend, but we'll see. So what are you bringing, Jay? Well, let me tell you, Kyle. Um, actually, uh, what was it? Probably three or four weeks ago, we had that uh, that Notorious Scoundrels podcast about the heavies. And we, we were talking about heavies. And at the time, the reason we were talking about them is because I was playing heavies again. And I've been really high on a this list. It's it's Veers, uh, five stormtroopers naked. Two of them have astromechs. Two snipers and then an ATST and a tank. Um, it's ten activations. It's it's got the two heavies and uh, I don't know. I, I I I've played a bunch of games with it. I think it's respectable. I think it holds its own. Um, but I think the most important thing is I'm comfortable with it. and I really like playing it. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's been the biggest part for me. And, you know, prepping for LVO and trying to get to LVO and figure out what list I was going to play. I mean, I probably went through three or four different lists that I wanted to try. But this is the first one that just felt right when I put it on the table, I guess, for me. Nice. So explain a little bit more in detail how you ended on a meta hipster list. <laughs> well, yeah, so that's a that's a good question. Um, I was just thinking about specifically with Tons and uh, and <laughs> specifically with Tons. I was just thinking about what, how could I block them out, uh, really, from getting to what I want to do. Um, and it just seemed to me, well, you know, heavies have big bases; they can't be locked up in melee and. I don't know. It just seemed like a good idea. And then I started playing it against other lists and it just, it holds its own for sure. So how do you feel about the fact that on our Friday heat, you're only going to run into 14 rebel lists now? Um, I'm feeling real bad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I'm deeply concerned. Um, No, uh, I, it is concerning. I think the one thing I got going for me is they're really I don't know that a lot of the Empire lists are going to be running a lot of impact. It's the Pierce mostly that I got to worry about, and the you know the crit heavy um, Bosk and and Shore Troopers really are the big concern. But I think there's ways to play the lists that you can kind of draw them out, and uh, you know I've been practicing with it, and I'm hoping I'm good enough with the list to do that. But we'll see. Yeah, watch the flanks on that tank. Yeah. I do um, hope you get good terrain so that you can block things off because that's actually like I think the coolest use of vehicles is like denying places for creature troopers to walk. I think yeah, that's the their coolest use right now. Yeah, the tank just saying like you don't get to go in this lane. Yeah, I mean that's well, and that was somebody said to me. Uh, I think it was at the prime we recently played that we were like looking at a table that had a ton of terrain on it, and they're like, "Oh, that looks bad for you." I'm like, "No, I just shove those things in those lanes, and nobody goes through those lanes until you destroy those things, and then I'm going to do whatever I want back on this side of the table until you figure out what you're going to do against those two. I think the best use of a tank I saw was at Canadian Nationals. The uh, key position middle point was just like a flat piece of metal like in the middle and the guy it was for the last game uh, yeah matt he yeah. matt he just put his tank on top of it and you can't touch it because <laughs> yeah. the tank's model's covering the whole thing <laughs> yeah. uh so he's 
guy called Judge. So Brendan comes over. He's like, can he do that? And Brendan's like, yeah, it fits. So yeah. the leg was like the last turn, too. So he just put the tank on top. No chance to score. And I'm like, oh, tanks, tank can do some stuff. That's pretty funny. Yeah. So actually, there's an important no, uh, nuance there, specifically with key positions, is that's like a, a situation where the objective markers aren't, you know, claimable or anything. They're not like, they're just used to mark terrain pieces. So normally you can't overlap an objective marker. Like you couldn't prevent someone from grabbing a box by doing that. Right. Um, but you can do that on keep positions because the objective is the terrain piece and there's no prohibition against, you know, driving over a terrain piece. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's some fun stuff with tank and ATST you can do with like Sabine bombs and Bosque bombs, like maybe just driving over the top of them and there's no line <laughs> of sight anymore. Like, so, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff you can do there that's fun with them. And I think to that point we were talking about earlier um, in the podcast is that, you know, it's those two things that like, okay, you see one ATST or you see one tank, you're like, all right, I can handle this. But when you see both of them, you're like, all right, I need to rethink I everything you- I was thinking about going into this game. And, and maybe you don't, but it just gives you that pause for like two seconds where you're like, uh-oh. I mean, I got to say, as as somebody that if I was showing up, I'd be running Palpatine, I would not want to face a list like yours. Yeah. I mean, you know, like a lot of Empire lists these days are dropping things like DLTs. Um, <laughs> and sure, Shores are pretty good at crit fishing, but you're still ultimately like relying on rolling up those surges. So just lightning him in the side arc, man. That, that's bound to work. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've done that. The trick is getting to range two. <laughs> right. <laughs> But uh, yeah, no, it's been fun. I've been enjoying playing it. I've noticed uh, the odd thing has been for me, my tank dice seem to be betraying me lately where like they're the red dice and I'm just like failing all my saves with my tank, but then my ATST is living forever. It's It's been a real odd <laughs> uh, journey so far <laughs> with <laughs> with those two, but uh, I, I've been enjoying it, so... Yeah, it's kind of like, I don't know, this is probably some weird like, you know illusion that i'm falling prey to but it always feels like the unexpected result of the white dice is always much stronger than the unexpected result of the red dice because you weren't saving as many on average somehow it's some weird illusion created by math but it's like you always have a bigger upside when white when white dice save like reds but when reds save like white it's even more painful because you somehow were expecting to save that (laughs) Well, and yeah, and I would agree with that. And I think, you know, uh, I'd like to say something that kind of transitions into like, what are some of our last minute preps that we've been doing? But, you know, for me, it's been a lot about, um, I'm going to be honest. I mean, the last probably month or two, I've been real salty about dice. Um, I've been playing a lot of TTS games and it's been driving me crazy. Um, And then we got a local guy who like rolls like a champion and like like for instance uh he was playing op vader the other day and i got like 14 hits on op vader and he blocked all of them and then and then i got nine suppression on him and he rolled eight off and i was just like okay well i guess nothing's happening today then you know and so but the the preparation for me has been that that's literally one turn or one activation of the game And I find in real life, if I just kind of like calm myself down and like refocus and go back to like basics of like, all right, how am I going to win this game? 
um, that the dice tend to kind of roll back the other way eventually, you know, and so you just got to, you know, for me, it's just been patience and trying not to get salty about dice, really. <laughs> what about you guys, Dash? What have you been doing to kind of prep uh, for I've LVO? Painting. That's what I've been doing. I've been painting. <laughs> I'm not done yet. Um, and so I'm going to continue to paint. Um, I've got like two sniper teams. Uh, sure, I've got a paint and a mortar. Um, and yeah, um, I might end up uh, <clears throat> borrowing some stuff at this rate, <laughs> to be honest. Um, <laughs> Did we? Uh, I want to go back in the tapes. Did we have this same conversation last LVO or Adepticon? Which one was it? Because I remember uh, having this it, same it conversation a, on the podcast. Um, okay. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think there was a painting requirement for LVO last Accurate. Year. So, yeah that's right yeah um and you know i don't know i think you know i i'm probably just gonna start like uh outsourcing the painting um because it's just a real pain in the butt i'm i'm like super i don't like to paint with models that look like crap and i'm not a very good painter which is like not a super great combination <laughs> so it, it takes me like 10 hours to pay a stormtrooper squad minimum um and they still kind of come out not very great i don't know so yeah i'm painting that's that's what i'm doing to prep for LBO. I'm, I'm actually i'm not really perfect sounds like you're angry I, painting yeah, too angry painting. seem really I'm coming off the cold here so um but uh as far as the games go i i mean there's not a ton to learn um I feel like <laughs> um, with the list I've got, just because I've played it so much. So, I, I mean, I'm sure that there are still things to learn, but nothing that's not going to, that, that's going to come up in like a super casual game. Mm. All right, David, what are you doing to prep? Well, you know, Dash was talking about painting, and I just looked at the snipers I washed yesterday and realized I used the wrong wash. So they look <laughs> like they've been in the rain. Um <laughs> So I used the gloss wash on yeah. accident, and not the not the matte wash. Oh well, it's fixable. <laughs> but no, I've been um, I've been trying to grind as many games as possible before before we played. Camino I never squad. actually sold on a list until about a few days ago, and even when I knew what archetype I was going to play, I was like juggling upgrades for a week and a half, just like okay, what if I what if I use this? What if I did this? And just like thinking out all the lines that could possibly take place. And um, you know, speaking to also to the the sort of saltiness thing. I've been thinking a lot about, you know, um, how to stay, you know, emotionally even keeled throughout a, a tournament. Cause that's definitely my weakness is that if there, if I get like a bad beat, I can go on tilt and stop thinking and just like make like an overly aggressive play and just get horribly punished for it because my opponent has their, you know, mental game on point and I don't. And, um, you sort of like, um, you're trying to make the game give you what you want. And that's not how you win. Mm. It really isn't. You have to do the correct decisions no matter what has happened. You just have to keep going back and saying, okay, what is the next correct move? And just trying to focus in on that and, and be ready for the tournament that way. But uh, that's kind of been my, my focus is, you know, figuring out what, what the last 20 points of my list are and um, just trying to remain emotionally even keeled over the course of, of different games. All right, that's good. Uh, Mike Cirillo, how about you? 
Uh, does laundry count? Because I have a lot of pool parties and other things I need to go to after Legion. <laughs> um, but no, With I've who? actually just... Yeah, man, I think I like to do. What kind of parties uh, are you going to, dude? Like, why you I didn't invite you to any of my champions. That would be world champion Luke Cook and I. We uh, we have some clubs to hit up. Oh, but, are you guys um, both under 19? Your mission, your mission, by the way, is to over 22. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's going to yeah. start like the minute that we land. That's what I'm going out to Vegas for. <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, I played my 15 games with my list about two months beforehand. Uh, I like to take about a week break before we start a tournament so that I don't get jaded or burned out and influenced by negative results. So play a whole bunch of games for two months, take a week break. I'll play probably a warm-up game with Zach on Wednesday and then get ready to dive into it so that I've got a fresh mindset and I've got a, you know, I know how to run the list. There's nothing more to learn from that and I don't have any negative influences sitting in my brain. Hmm. It's kind of like golfing. All right, Zach. Oh, I'm um, sorry, Mike. Yeah, still going golfing. Go ahead, tell <laughs> no, us it's about like golfing. golfing. You can do the same thing a thousand times, but you can do that a thousand times wrong. So you need to make sure that you have your reps, you have your clear head. There's no bad influences. Yeah. Go ahead, Zach. You know, minus <laughs> alcohol, right? The bar is in the hole. I think I think some would dispute that alcohol is a bad influence as opposed to a good one. But you know, they say practice as you play, so just drink. <laughs> <laughs> all right zach you're up um yeah just get one last rep in with mike i think on wednesday we're gonna get a game in um the good thing about clones is i have a lot of reps with them in the past uh, month or two and i feel super comfortable even though i'm gonna be low activation with just obi-wan rex and six phase ones um but i understand how the army functions and i think one of the best parts of my game is how i position my army and stuff like that and I'm just going to feel a lot more comfortable putting clones on the table as opposed to tauntauns. So just getting that last rep in before we go out is going to be huge. Um, I'd like to get more in, but it's just tough, you know, with life. But um, it is what it is. I'll get that last rep in, do some last second uh, painting for the um, narrative event. We're actually putting some uh, probe droids. Me and Nima uh, are going to paint up some Imperial Assault uh, probe droids for the uh, narrative. Slap them on some leech bases. Oh, good. Um, and, uh, awesome. We'll do that. So that was something that came up today. So I got to prime those and paint those uh, tomorrow probably. But um, that's, you know, going to be a real fun part of the event, of course, as, you know, the event decks me big on that. You can talk about that more, Jay, if you want. Yeah, so LJ didn't like the fact that I didn't have probe droids and I wanted to put B1s in there. I'm like, what? They're droids. They all went crazy. Don't worry about where they're from. Like I don't have any probe droids. Deal with that. Yeah, ironically, we have like a uh, a group chat for the uh, judges at LVO, and we were going through them before he posted about it today. And then um, I was like, "Oh, I have uh, Imperial Salt somewhere," <laughs> so I had to go find them. And uh, <laughs> Nima has his already painted up, so I'm going to try and match mine as best I can to his, and uh, we'll roll with nice. that. But uh, yeah, for those of you that don't know, um, listening. The narrative event is actually going to be based around our uh, event deck that we put together. Um, this is something we've been in the works for a few months now. Um, we made a call out on the Fifth Trooper podcast for uh, listener submissions from the community for an event deck. And basically, there's going to be two types of cards. There's uh, cards that land during the battlefield setup, and then there's going to be random events that'll happen throughout the narrative. And uh, actually... We're going to be giving four of those decks away to people who are playing in the narrative event. So I think we're going to do like a random drawing for all the people in the narrative event. I will have more on me, so come talk to me. Or uh, I'm going to put this out here. If you're going to LVO, 
And if you beat me, and if we're paired and you beat me, you can win yourself an event deck from me. I'm gonna. I'm up in the stakes at this LVO. Uh, and oh, Mike, I hope we get paired off, Mike. I'm. I dash. I just want to beat you so bad. You and so, uh, so time. you'll never get an Did event you deck. <laughs> you'll never get a vent deck. Never ever. Uh, okay. Uh, and <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah, so come, you know, come to LVO. Come talk to me. I'm going to have a ton of handouts, tons of hands out, handouts, hands out, something. I'm going to have something with me, uh, cards and event decks and all kinds of crazy stuff with the from talk. the fifth trooper. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh snap! <laughs> I don't think uh, I don't think playing requires oh, man. talking. It does. So well, we'll be fine. But oh man, ask yeah, well, is the universal language. Right. <laughs> no, it, it does not. All right. Uh, anyways, yeah, Mike. That's just so uh... funny. He's so good at the game. <laughs> oh. Remember seeing him at Worlds last year? I oh, don't know. I don't. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> oh, easy. Everybody, just take it easy. <laughs> Uh, but all right, let's end. Let's end on bold predictions. Who wants to go first with their? You know what? Let's go to our local trash panda here in the studio. Oh, is it me? Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Raccoon Evan. Uh, yeah. what's your bold prediction for LVO? Oh God. Uh, Ion will actually be in someone's list. I think. Like seriously. Um, <laughs> as, half as a joke and half as so. Look, like Biston. If you take Pathfinders, Biston's not bad right now there's a lot of vehicles around uh droids droids hate him doctors hate him uh five out of six droids say they hate this man six droids say they really don't like losing an activation um i think my prediction is one of the day two cuts i don't know what form it'll be but ion will be in there somewhere um i suspect on maybe a vehicle or a character but uh and triple bikes baby all right another another hot take uh them I was playing triple bikes before it was cool, but uh, <laughs> triple bikes. Uh, uh, actually, you they're so cheap now. Like, yeah. who cares? Take three of them, whatever. Like, Perfect. they do okay. Well, live from the trash can. That was uh, yeah. that was live Evan. from uh, the opinion nobody wanted to hear. <laughs> Go ahead, Kyle. What's your bull prediction, buddy? Well, I just wanted to pile on Evan's bull prediction and say that uh, Nicky Milan from the UK is coming, and I think he's playing triple bikes. Um, and he's a very good player, so he's like the original bike player. Um, so if anyone can make triple bikes a thing, it's him for sure. Um, as far as bold predictions, I somebody kind of already said this, but I think there will be um, at least one heavy in the top eight. So um, I don't know how bold that is, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh... Well, I mean, I'm going with double heavy, so not too bold. Just yeah. proc for your prediction twice if he gets up there with two. I predict I'm not handing out any event decks. No, just... here I'll, I'll go a little bolder. I'm gonna I'm gonna say at least one Clone Wars faction in the top eight. There we go. Oh, there we go. I like now that. Getting, now we're getting spicy. All right, David, what do you got? Yeah, I kind of stole what I was gonna say, which was clones in top eight. Um, well, pick something else. Okay, I'll be, I'll be I'll be more specific. Triple bark in top eight. Triple bark or or Wookiees or an FD in top eight. Okay. We're, we're changing right. triple bark that. list to who let the dogs out via Evan. Okay. <laughs> so who let the dogs out uh, in top eight or Wookiees. 
I'd actually really be so, like Wookiees. You know, we've all been pretty not great, but maybe they're okay anti ton. I guess in counter punch, if they don't get one shot, I don't know. Like, yeah, if they don't get one hit by Tons, yeah. one shot right off the board, greased. Uh, but yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. All right, Dash, Mister Hot Take himself, Mister gonna beat me at every game I've ever played him in. Darth what do you Vader got going? What, what's you your bold prediction? <laughs> so your bold prediction is yes. is that you win. <laughs> yeah, because we're the only Vader player left. First person to beat Mike gets a fifth I mean, trooper t-shirt. Maybe maybe the bold prediction is I'm the only one that brings Darth Vader to LVO. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> maybe uh yeah. I think there'll be. A, I mean, there's, I mean without, there's like 115 maybe. people. I think there'll be at we'll least see. one other. Vader there was there. not a single Darth Vader in any of the Adept contests yeah. last year. Hmm. That's that's true. All right. There were no T47s at Gen Con, that I recall. Hmm. Yeah, Gen Con was. All right, Cerullo, what do you got? That's true. All right. My bold prediction is that a list with boss wins <laughs> it all. Um, but oh, man. No. <laughs> is that what we're doing, guys? We're just taking our own list to take it all. Commander Luke will win. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, but, um, I think there. I think there's going to be a T47 in the top eight. I think there's a chance. I mean, do I just go right. with uh, a list with Obi Wan? Oh, uh... Zach, what do you got? <laughs> Um, <laughs> a lot of good ones were stolen, but I actually I think I want to see uh, six phase ones, uh, at least two, know. maybe three ATST lists in the top eight. I just think the ATST is actually poised in a really good spot, and people have, you know, I'm not saying people are still sleeping on it, but it's just a strong list, especially where tables. You could just, again, we talked about this earlier. You know, Kyle made the point. You can walk up to a table and just be like, "Oh yeah," and I, you know, with 117 people, what so 60 tables per day. You know, it has a real good shot, and I think uh, the ATSD is going to have a big weekend this weekend. All right, here is my bold prediction, and it's not going to be about my list. Are you ready? In the top eight, I predict there will be at least two E-Webs. Mm. They may be in Jake the same list, the or they see. may be two separate lists, but there will be two e-webs. Like someone brought one in the top eight. The list. <laughs> just as a side. Thing. That's <laughs> awfully particular. Yep, I know. Yo, you heard it first. <laughs> Nostradamus of podcasting says okay, here's e-webs here's in the top eight. Here comes the mad froth. Take it to the bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're the highest. <laughs> Is that is that a new unit? I I don't think of that I've Yeah. Well you wouldn't know about it. Only rich people use them. <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> oh. Well I imagine that only rich people can afford to buy that. Okay, so spoiler. Well you hey you saw it put put together in Mandalorian. It is the E Web. It's going to take everyone out. So we need to get Jay a gold robe like Snoke. I think that's really the uh, yeah. throw. I think that's the. Uh, all right, is- so let's wind it down. What do you guys? Any you guys got anything else you want to say about LVO or Legion or what? You know, whatever. Anybody? Uh yeah, just um, 
I think we've talked about it plenty in the past, but, you know, just go there and be good to your opponent, you know, talk to them how you want to be spoken to and just be an overall good sport when playing the game. Uh, it's a long weekend. The last thing you want to do is set, you know, step to a table and have a bad tone set. Um, you want to have a good time. I mean, of course it's a competitive game. I get it, but, uh, we're all here for a good time. It's it's you know tabletop. Yeah, I want to hype Legion. Star Wars. Wars. We are Let's less than two years into a game. We sold out an event in about sixteen minutes. Expanded that event. Sold it out again in less than half an hour. We've sold it out so quickly that they put the bar in our hotel lobby, and we have three full events that are packed to the rafters. Like that's fantastic, and that's just an explanation of how good this community is and how good the people are. So everyone deserves a pat in the back. Let's make this a celebration of what Legion can be and get everything repped and ready for next year and for Worlds. All right, that's good. Yeah, and I would say uh, this is going to be a little self-promotion for the network, but we uh, we are live streaming uh, the event. We will we'll be live Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, you will have multiple hosts. We're going to have guests lined up from throughout the community. I think one or two of the guys from Stabcast may stop by and say hi. Uh, you know, a bunch of people are going to stop by. Um, we're hoping to have Alex Davion. He'll be wandering around. And uh, check out our YouTube channel. Um, and subscribe so you get the update. Or just check it out, you know, this weekend. It'll be fantastic. If Alex is half as entertaining as he was at Adepticon, um, it's going to be a good show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah maybe we'll learn about more stuff that'll be great <laughs> oh well so that's actually another thing um not related to lvo but there is a ffg live stream this week yeah. it's thursday. on the 23rd i think what is that thursday yeah so uh, and uh yeah watch that maybe they'll be they've they've been doing these live streams and like throwing some new stuff down so in fact, watch both of them because the 21st is the organized play AMA oh, yeah. with Alex Watkins. And then the 23rd is the Legion live play. So that's actually so uh, today. When you listen to this podcast, the live stream will be out. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. Yep. You, can, you can find it on their YouTube page. Hope you watched it. If not, go get, go look at the VOD. Yeah, but most importantly, watch our live stream right. on our YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Jay, Jay and I will be the entertaining day on Saturday. I don't know. Jay can't talk. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's just cruel man uh or play according to you so you know what not much i can do around here what good uh, are you i will be i will be excitedly watching it from from afar and living vicariously through you guys so um yeah i'll even subscribe you haven't already <laughs> you haven't subscribed <laughs> But it's Yo, so it's free. I don't think so. If all of our listeners could click the subscribe <laughs> button to make up for Kyle's grievous mistake, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, BT Dubs, uh, like 60% of the people that watch our videos or listen to our podcasts on YouTube are not subscribed to our channel. So actually, if you've been enjoying our content, subscribe. That helps us. Yeah, I'll, I guess I'll. and if you don't want to help us, then don't subscribe. I don't, you know, you got to do what you got to do. How to subscribe for Kyle, so maybe we can pass along. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not through lack of interest. I just you know, I don't know how to do computers. Button. So it's next door. <laughs> Usually, like you're not supposed to click the big red button, right? Isn't that? <laughs> Everything's fine, Kyle. You're doing great. <laughs> All right.
All right, you guys, what, we, we good? So this will wrap up our LVO 2020 pre-show. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, everybody check out the stream. We'll, we'll keep you up to date on what's going on. And uh, yeah, good luck to everyone on the panel who's playing. Um, I look forward to seeing you in the field of battle. Good luck as well. Yeah, good luck, guys. I hope you have a good time. Yeah, good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. See you on uh, Thursday or Friday, except for Kyle and everyone. I'm going to crush you all. I'm going to make Mike go and for All right. Jeez. Wow. Thanks for listening <laughs> and fan <laughs> <and> wait. Uh, <laughs> guys. <laughs>